The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from pitchels.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Guardians as we continue our series covering all 30 starting pitching rotations in the major leagues. Keep in mind a couple things. One, I'm recording these at the end of November and in December. That means that a lot of the trades and transactions and free agent signings and injuries I don't know about yet. However, the player analysis will still stick. The five and six and how the rotations shape out will, of course, not be a huge deal as I'll talk about the possibility and hypotheticals that could be happening even in March. Uh, So uh, it doesn't really matter so much. And those guys that are going to be added to teams, let's say the Cleveland Guardians added a player, well, they will be covered in the free agent episode. So definitely go and check that out. And of course, while you're here, make sure you subscribe to the channel and uh, rate and review this podcast on Apple iTunes. They go a long way for us. Okay, the number one pitcher, of course, in Cleveland is... Actually, who is it? It could be Shane Bieber. 200 innings, 288 ERA, 104 whip, and a 25% K rate last year with a 5% walk rate. It was really weird watching him the entire season because in the beginning of the year, I was wondering, hey, is he going to be down to 91, 92 mile per hour velocity? Because he had 94 in 2020 and he was hurt with that shoulder injury at the end of 2021. Is he going to get back to it? Well, the answer was no, but yes. And what I mean is that the velocity wasn't there, but he still did well. And I don't know if that's going to stick again. That fastball got even worse in a uh, worse in uh, 2022 it never really recovered had a 42% hard contact rate and we were worried when Bieber had it around 30% it got way worse as that velocity went down to 91 and change I am I don't know how to feel about this my assessment was this was the weakest element of Bieber before and if his weakest element gets worse it doesn't really change that much as the slider and curveball were still excellent he still had the cutter that got strikes that said, it was only a 25% K rate. It wasn't a 30% plus. And I do wonder, I do wonder if this won't come around to bite him in 2023. So I'm slightly down on Shane Bieber. I still think he's really good. I think that even a worse Shane Bieber, 113 whip with a 3.6 ERA, still over 200 innings and 200 strikeouts is very valuable to your teams. Could be better than that. So I'm still in on grabbing Shane Bieber. As a top three rounder, probably not. That's uh, that's where I, I push back against Bieber. Uh, I still just worry too much about that fastball. Maybe he gets it back. Maybe he's a year after and shoulder injuries take a while to recover. And maybe he's going to be 93, 94 next year and everything's going to be okay. I hope so. But that's the biggest cause for concern with Shane Bieber. 
Tristan McKenzie could arguably be the better starter for Cleveland as he had a one, uh, 296 ERA and 0.95 whip with a 26% K rate and 6% walk rate in 191 innings last year. McKenzie is kind of like Bieber. If you take both his breaking balls of Bieber's, that is a slider and the curveball, combine it into one with the curveball, and then you take the slider of McKenzie, treat it like the cutter of Bieber, and then you have this fastball, right? That curveball is absolutely elite. 23% swing strike with a 120 batting average allowed, a sub-16% hard contact rate, which is all oh, amazing stuff. Keeps it low 75% of, my, of the time. That uh, travel baseball coach I had uh, when I was younger would be so happy after he shouted, keep it low, Nick, keep it low, 20 million times during my pitching performances. Anyway, Tristan McKenzie's curveball is incredible. How good is that fastball? I don't know. I don't think it can be a 200 batting average allowed pitch again. It probably will go up to about 250, 260 next year as it allowed about 30% of hard contact. And I think it's kind of like old Shane Bieber's fastball. On the flip side, you could argue McKenzie should get better. He doesn't weigh much. He's a he's a pencil out there. And I would think he's on a weight program. He's going to get stronger. He's going to fill out more. And generally when that happens, you get more consistency. That means you control your body better and you're able to throw more strikes. Uh, it's overall a better thing for a pitcher. Not to get so much on the, the deep end of it, but just generally um, filling out weight-wise is can be a very good thing. I think it would benefit Tristan McKenzie. So that's an interesting idea. Maybe his fastball does get better as he develops in the major leagues. The slider, I think, is just going to be this kind of middling cutter, really. Don't treat it like a normal slider. Just treat it as a cutter he's trying to get for strikes. There's some games where he just cannot command the thing. Just goes up and out of the zone. Um, But sometimes he does get a nice one down and that looks really good. I think this was a ridiculously good year for McKenzie. The curveball, again, is so fantastic. But I think the fastball and the slider are not good enough for me to really think that he can replicate the success. These numbers are as if he has a plus number two pitch with the the number one being the curveball. I don't think the fastball is a plus one. There's sometimes it does. Sometimes the guy's just missing and I go, well, all right, cool. And maybe that's his extension working, but at the same time, 30% hard contact and you should not have that 200 batting average allowed. So that's kind of how I see McKenzie. I could be in on it because because of the expected improvement. Uh, but at the same time, that's what you're doing. You're not you're not getting this season again from Tristan McKenzie unless something changes. And keep that in mind with him. We're going to talk about the other guys, Aaron Savali, Zach Plesak, Cal Quantrill, and the sixth starter, who I think could actually be pretty interesting for the Guardians after this break. So like Tristan McKenzie, Aaron Savali has a fantastic curveball, 12% hard contact, better than the 16% of McKenzie, 124 batting average allowed, a 41% O swing, 21% swing strike rate. He only throws a 28% of the time, which was higher than in previous seasons, but Savali's best pitch by far is this curveball. The question is, what happens next? He's been leaning on a cutter instead of the fastball, the four-seamer and the sinker, which I think is a good idea because the four-seamer and sinker are not generally good. Four-seamer is kind of safe to be elevated, but doesn't get enough whiffs, while the sinker is more of a backdoor pitch and tries to sneak in the zone, and I don't think it's good at all. So he goes with this cutter, which is pretty pedestrian. It's not something that I want to say is exceptional and, oh man, all he needs to do is this cutter and this curveball. But that's the best he's got. <laughs> so it should be about 70% of the time cutters and curveballs. And we're not quite seeing that yet. I want to see that curveball go to 35% usage as opposed to the 28. It was a good movement up this year. 
it's just such a good offering that you just got to do it. Lean into it, walk a few more guys, throw more curveballs. Um, 62% strike rate on the curveball is not 65 or 68, which means that 5% walk rate would go up to like 7% or so. But I think that ultimately would benefit Savali and be okay walking guys with that curveball. The cutter is fine and there isn't much else. So that's, that's where we're at right now. I wish there were something else that showed up that was just legitimately great for Savali. Then he can become a really true Cleveland pitcher of two excellent secondary pitches and not so good fastballs. But right now we're stuck with one and we hope we get a lot out of it. It does mean 12 teamers. It's kind of Toby. Uh, quality start leagues, I think go up a little bit, but yeah, 492 ERA, 119 whip, 24% K rate, 97 innings last year. He was hurt. Keep in mind. So he's bouncing back and forth. Never got into a rhythm. With that good of a curveball, I think that you can see it sub four ERA season. You could see a lower whip because of that low walk rate, 24% carry rate. There's value in this, especially AL only leagues. 12 teamers, if I, I don't know, if I really want to chase it at the end of my draft, fine. Uh, but it's not really something that I'm circling saying, oh no, I need to get Aaron Savali on my teams, right? I just don't think that there's enough to go for considering he just has only that curveball. And if you're wondering who are they facing early on, the Guardians are facing the Mariners for the first four games and then Oakland. So Savali is going to face the Mariners and not Oakland, I assume, seven games or so. And he'll get one of those first three, probably, unless they go and sign someone, which they won't. Guardians don't do that. Okay. Uh, Zach Plesak would be the number four. There's some idea that maybe they're going to shop him around or get rid of Zach Plesak. We'll see. For now, he's still in Cleveland, at least as of this recording. And uh, the good news here is that Plesak did get his slider back. That pitch is now a 20% swing strike rate pitch once again. That's awesome. However, he still had a 431 ERA, 132 whip, 18% K rate, 7% walk rate, 132 innings. Why? Because his changeup is nothing like it used to be. got even worse again after a bad 2021. His fastball gets demolished. The curveball that he uses against lefties is bleh, It's fine. And that's it. And that's not cool. You know, he really does have a bad platoon split because the changeup and curveball aren't very good. But the slider that he uses against righties is great. And that's a 286 Woba versus the 360 of lefties, right? Yeah, he needs more than the slider. Just like Savali needs more than the curveball. I think the curveball is a bit better for Savali. And I think the cutter is better than the other options for Plesak. So I prefer Savali over Plesak. There is some hope that if Fleasag is able to get that changeup back or the curveball back or something, then this could work out. Or maybe just go 45% slider and don't care about the platoons. I don't know. But yeah, not looking good for Fleasag at the moment. Uh, Cal Quantrill, uh, 186 innings, 338 ERA, 121 whip, 17% K rate, 6% walk rate. He is such a mystery to me. He, all he does is sinkers inside the right-handers, which he's really good at. It's 38% O-swing which is on the levels of Alcantara or so. It's how Wheeler gets his outs a lot, but it comes in softer, but he jams them inside. Okay, and he also stays away from lefties, so it's all arm side sinkers here. And then he has a cutter that he backdoors to lefties and he stays away from righties. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, there's an occasional changeup or whatever, but it's just, the, the, what? And he gets away with this. Um, I understand jamming right-handers and stuff, but... Yeah, no, I, I don't buy this at all. I think that Cal Quantrill is not destined to be incredible or anything like this. I don't know how to get that at 338, right? It sounds like smoke and mirrors to me. I'm glad it went his way, but I would not be banking on Cal Quantrill for another season like this. He was the quintessential Toby through the entire season. We don't draft those. 
I guess I prefer Quantrill over Plesak if I had to, just because at least it's worked with Quantrill as opposed to Plesak. Um, I prefer Savali, though. I feel like there's more of a ceiling that matters in a 12-teamer while Cal Quantrill, I mean, it's still a 121 whip to go with a 3-3-8 ERA. That's not good. You don't want that. Low strikeouts as well. So, yeah, I don't want to go for Cal Quantrill. And the last guy is Cody Morris. And I mentioned him a bit in season. 23 innings of 228 ERA, 139 whip, 23% carry. We saw him for two starts. They were actually kind of interesting. One of them had seven whiffs on the changeup, which I'm very curious to see if it can maintain close to the swing strike rate that it had over the about 70 that he threw. I think it was like a 27 or 29% swing strike rate. I mean, even if it's like a 20%, that's really nice. If you can maintain that in some degree. But for the most part, he throws a 94, 95 mile per hour fastball that he intends to elevate. It didn't have... Uh, the most exceptional numbers with it, but 13% swing strike rate on that is nothing to ignore on a four-seamer. And he has a nice cutter that he pairs with it. And if you turn the changeup into actually a legitimate pitch as well, that goes down, you have the cutter kind of staying horizontal, getting strikes with it, four-seamers up, that can work. Um, I wonder if we do see more of Cody Morris, let's say Plesak leaves for whatever reason, that means Cody Morris will slide in or somebody else. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of interesting. And in AL only leagues, I would be watching this. If Cody Morris slides into the rotation at any point in the season, I would be picking him up for that because he could be just like another Cleveland Guardian starter who's able to go six innings on a given day because Tony, uh, Tony Francona, um, I, Timmy Francona. Oh my God. Francona. What is this? T- <laughs> Tito. It's Tito. I know, but Tito Francona. Okay. Oh my Lord. Uh, I'm leaving this in. Um, Francona is going to just let him keep pitching. He's not going to take him out with like 80 pitches or something like that. He's going to let him go 90 plus, right? And that's good for fantasy value. That allowed him to go through uh, the games in full. So Cody Morris could be an intriguing one, especially the four seamer really lives in that 13% swing strike rate realm. Um, but that's it. That is this Cleveland Guardians podcast. As always, make sure to get PL Plus and continue the conversation inside of our Discord. It is incredible. We have over a thousand members. It's January now. You got to get in on this. This is where baseball happens. So go check that out. But that's it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your balance be low and your strikeouts high.